Hi everyone, and welcome to Time Spot on the Beat, a podcast presented by the New Straits Times, where we try to talk about everything sports. My name is Fabian Peter, and I have been a sports writer with the NST for the past seven years. Each week, we will be discussing various topics with sports officials, athletes, and even fans to bring you behind the scenes of what actually takes place in the world of sports. So sit back, folks, and enjoy the show. And we're back in the studio for another episode of Time Spot on the Beat with me, Fabian Peter. Uh, before we begin, just a shout out to Time Spot editor Ajit Pal Singh for standing in for me in the previous episode, which you can now listen to on the NST website as well as audioplus.com. All right then. Today we have a very special guest who has more than two decades of footballing experience under his belt. A football consultant, coach, administrator, educator, coach, developer, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Dr. Subramaniam E. Rasamanikam, or better known as Dr. Subra in the local football scene. Welcome, Doctor. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you for having me. All right. How are you, Doctor? How are I'm you? good. I'm good. How good. are you? It's just that the, the, the COVID has actually dampened the, the excitement of football for the time being, but I think we are picking up again. It's slowly picking up. Yep, la, slowly yeah. picking up. I mean, the last two years has been really, really bad. Bad. But, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, just a little heads up to our listeners out there. This particular podcast uh, will be broken up into two separate episodes for now. For now, we're thinking about two separate episodes. But we might be adding more to the series. It really depends. Um, because, you know, when we start talking about grassroots development, I think it can go on and on and on and on. Right, Doctor? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when you said uh, one-off or uh, two... I was thinking there's so much to say and so little time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's never ending. Grassroots yep, development yep. is something yep. uh, which is very important and I don't think it's just limited to football. Yes. Uh, yes. Any Even sport out there. It's not only uh, a grassroots. Football on the whole can be a, a year's program actually. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it is so much to say, especially Malaysia where we are facing so many footballing problems yeah I yeah. think a lot of things has to be said yes yes it has to be said yeah <laughs> it has to be said let's agree on that doctor okay doctor let's uh, uh, perhaps you can start by you giving us an introduction about yourself um, how did you get involved with football and when did it all start okay um, I was a football fan as a young boy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, way back in the seventies, we do not have, we did not have television at home, and um, it is school football in school, football back home. You know, everything is football. It started then. I started playing for primary school. I started playing for the school, for the district, and so on. And the interest grew, and um, went on to the secondary school. Played for the state. Uh, the uh, under 18 Piala Raman Piala Razak and so on so um, I did not manage to get into the national team or so I came for the selections but I didn't make it and um, then um, to make it short I joined uh, teacher training um, during uh, teacher training uh, I played for the college okay. and I also took the opportunity to do my uh, then it's called the uh, preliminary coaching license, which is equivalent to the C license now. Okay, I was lucky in a sense that I had 
a lecturer who was also a football administrator okay. dr paul moni samuel okay he so it made things uh, faster so what i used to do after after college a uh, college will finish at about 1 half past 1 and then he'll say he calls me money i'm he said money what are you doing i said nothing sir oh, come over to the office and help me so i started administration work way back when i was about 20 21 helping mm. dr paul with the magazines with filing and so on after office hours okay that went on for 3 years while i was in college then i left i was posted to sarawak to teach okay i was teaching i was coaching because i had a c license mm-hmm. i was also playing okay. then because of a groin injury it shortened my uh, playing span but i came back in 87 mm-hmm. and in 88 i did my uh, uh b license okay. and um after that it was all um b then the following year two years later it was an a then uh Nine years later, it was an AFC, uh, AFFA, and then another four years later, I've got my UEFA A license. Okay. During this period, after I got my A, AFC appointed me as a coaching instructor. Mm-hmm. I was a coaching instructor with FA Malaysia. Okay. I was also a coaching instructor, or, or rather, now they call them coaching educators. Okay. For from 1990, so. Then I was sent out to Laos, Cambodia, and you name it, Philippines, Thailand, to conduct coaching courses. I see. Okay. So that's how I got exposed because my playing career ended. Mm. All the energy was directed towards coaching. Okay. So I went into coaching. Okay. Okay. Until I quit teaching, I I got transferred. I came back. I got. Uh, I quit teaching after about 14 years being in the government service. Okay. When I got an offer. Uh, from FA Malaysia to work in the technical department. Mm. That's how my career started in FAM. Okay, okay. So, Doctor, you, 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 uh, just a bit. I mean, we just sidetrack a little bit. You said uh, you came back and you were teaching. Uh, what were you teaching? Uh, English. I my tra- I was trained uh, as a uh, English teacher. Okay. I did TESOL, teaching I of see. English as second language. Okay. That was my core. I see. Uh, uh, course. Yeah. So when you came back, you were attached to a school. Yes, I was in Bangsa. I see. Okay. Was teaching okay. in Bangsa. All right. And at the same time, I was also, uh, you know, my my headmasters in the couple of schools and uh, headmistresses used to grumble because I used to get more often than not uh, release letters from FA Malaysia <laughs> to the Ministry of Education <laughs> okay. to release me for duties outside the country. Okay. And at that point of time, there is a, there was a circular that if you were to go. Out of the country, representing the country to conduct or do something, mm. you are given additional plus points and so on. Okay. So I was every other month I will take 14 days off. You now and then they <laughs> they say you are of no use to the school and so on. And eventually I told FAM that's how it came about. And then they said there's a vacancy. Would you like to take? Ah, uh, okay. It was a big move. Yeah. I think my wife didn't agree. Mm. Out of ten people I asked, they say don't leave the teaching job because it's a government <laughs> job. But I said no. That's where the passion is, and mm, I took it. Mm, no regrets. No regrets. The only regret is I should have gone sooner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, doctor. So uh, back to okay. our topic, uh, which is uh, you know we're going to be talking a lot about grassroots and okay. development. Um, now we hear this word thrown about. 
all the time, not just in football. Um, you know, if you're talking about sports, people are always talking about it. But what does grassroots really mean? Okay, um, before I touch on grassroots, we got to understand um, there there are three big chunk of areas that comprises football. Okay. Okay. One is governance. Okay. Okay, that goes into all the rules, regulations, statutes, everything. Mm-hmm. Then there is a business component. Okay. Which is totally missing from Malaysia, in mm. Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is technical. Okay. So now you are asking me actually the technical component. Mm. Okay. But the technical component in a long run would not be complete without governance and business. I see. Okay. Because the business gives you the money. Yep. Governance makes sure that you are within the ambit of the law. Mm. Okay? But mm-hmm. now we'll go back there. Yeah? Now yep. I'll go to grassroots. Now, would you, uh, even the viewers, yeah, whoever yep. are listening, my question is, you have a kid. Okay. You keep him at home from the time of birth until 12. And then would you send him to school at the age of 13? Or would you send immediately when he's eligible at the age of 6 or 7? Definitely, we will send at six or seven. Yep. Why? The answer would be very easy because you want to lay the foundation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Grassroots is actually foundation. Mm. That means, from the age of five up to twelve, is termed as grassroots development. Okay. Thirteen to twenty mm-hmm. is youth. Okay. There are criterias and characteristics that you need to understand when you do grassroots development and youth development. Mm. These are the problems that we are facing here. Okay. Apart from that, in order for a kid to dwell and grow well and study well in a school, you would need good teachers. Mm-hmm. You would need good facilities in the school. Mm-hmm. chairs tables what not you also would need an environment conducive for them to learn mm. learning environment yep. transfer whatever i told you exactly back to football mm. it should be laid down for the kids as what i told you there should be proper playing fields which we do not have mm-hmm. there should be proper coaches which we do not have nobody is taking an interest everybody is saying of grassroots and youth. Yeah. But it is a misunderstood terminology which is going back to us. Yeah. Okay? So grassroots means age 5 or 6 to 12 years old. Mm. And uh, these kids who are in the age group cannot be lumped or grouped. You cannot put a 6-year-old kid and a 10-year-old kid although they belong to the same category. Mm. because of their physiological development their psychological development is all totally different so you got to only in footballing terms you are only one age difference yep that right. means 7 and 8 yes 5 and 6 yep you cannot put 6 and 8 9 and 10 yeah 11 and 12 okay okay so that basically that is uh, grassroots okay all right Touching on that, Doctor. Um, see, I grew up playing football. Um, you know, as a young kid, uh, only because my dad played football back in the 
late 70s, early 80s. And, um, you know, growing up, he used to talk a lot about his football playing days. Uh, in fact, he even introduced me to some of his friends who were like, you know, ex-nationals, ex-state players. And um, I want to know, doctor, like, you know, when he talked about his playing days, when we're going to compare Malaysia back then in the late 70s, early 80s, um, we were really strong. Uh, did we have a grassroots system back then? Or what is the difference? Okay, good question. Now, if you look, if you compare 2022 or the uh, new millennium yep. and ba- back then, 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. yeah? You look at the development, we d- we didn't have social media then. Correct. I didn't even have a television it at home. So, where is our energy to be channeled hmm. towards football? Okay? Where else now you can play football still but on your computer? Hmm. Okay? Yeah. That is the difference. Hmm. But aside that, I think back then I can very clearly tell you that we had interclass. Okay. Okay? That means football is played all year round. Mm. Interclass starts in January and then February, March, we have inter-house. Inter okay. Okay? Then we have inter-school. Okay. Then we have inter-district. Mm. In, when you play for in the, in the district, it's a combined school team. Yes. Okay? Now they have champion school yes that means the sad part is because there is in primary school all you need is one or two very good players and they will capitalize the whole tournament mm. okay so if you have two or three good players there there could be another Mokta Dahari or Sochinan or a Santoxing or Armugam or Ridwan Abdullah somewhere else there who is the only sole player and he cannot excel because his teammates are not so good, he will just disappear from the scene. Mm. But when you do combined school, the selectors will say, ah, player number 10 from From that that school. school. Yes. So we pick the best. Mm. So we get the cream of the crop in the district and then the national selectors or state selectors will have the cream of the crop to look at. Mm. Which is not happening now. So, a lot of players are going off. Number two, not that we had good scouts then, but because the system was there, it it managed to sieve through, uh, sieve these players. Mm. Now, because we do not have that, we need good talent scouts, football scouts which totally Malaysia does not have. Mm. We don't have that system. Mm. Coaches will just go, I mean, they will just see. See, if you look at the, if you go back and see the system, yeah, the champion coach, the, the, the moment the tournament is going on, the team that becomes the champion of the state, yep. that coach is appointed as a state coach. Correct. Okay? Yeah. Now, what happens? He would have seen only teams that played with his team. Yes. How about the other players? Correct. So what I suggested was, many years ago, I said, when you appoint this coach, it's for the following year. Hmm. That means 
next year he has the schedule he can go for every match to watch because he is the champion yes. school last year yep. so we give him the honor of coaching the following year not that particular year yes so you see this is system system error mm. okay systematically it's not right but for the ministry of education it is a tick on the calendar mm. to say that we have done football exactly that means by may all tutup kedai yep. finish done done yeah but our counterparts in japan play between 60 to 80 i i went to j village i went i was on an attachment to J, jfa way back in 2002 just before the world cup okay i was in japan okay i was attached to jeff united ichihara where dr wangloss was the coach mm I know Dr. Wenglos because he was the coach of KL where I was also attached. Okay. Because I came back from Sarawak, I was yep. in KL, KLFA. So, Jeff United Ichihara and there was another club which I was also, uh, I think Kawasaki, Kawasaki Frontale or something like that. Their methodology, their way of looking at things is totally different. Hmm. School football, players after, after uh, school, can go to the nearest club to play. They can play school football, no yep. harm, but they also can go to the clubs. clubs. The school teachers will seek the advice of the clubs. Okay, so basically, we do not have the system. Schools here want to own the players. Mm. Um, at one period of time in the Football Association of Malaysia, I was the director of grassroots and youth. Okay. For about six years, I was there okay. as a uh, head of grassroots, yeah. And uh, I had I was heading 14 football academies, real football academies. Okay. We had 25 players selected best in the state. We appointed coaches. We we paid the coaches. Mm-hmm. The players were staying together. They were provided transport, food. Everything was done exactly like how it will be done in Europe. Only thing is that we our accommodation and so on was, uh, you know, uh, bungalows, houses, yes. and so on because we didn't have the kind of facility. Yes. We had a tussle. Between the Ministry of Education, who wants to you doesn't want to release the players for the to the academy mm. when they have academy mas- matches because they say we have a school match. Yeah. But our our contention is what we are trying to say is look here, our coaches are trained professionals. Yes. They will know how to use them, where to use them, when to use them. The biggest issue that we have in Malaysia is players who carry injuries, mm-hmm. injuries which are not naked to the eye. Okay. We can't see. Hmm. When they become 19, 20, 21, 22, it reoccurs, hmm. and the career of the player is gone. Okay. Why? Because. The coaches, the school coaches, some at some instance, do not know how to administer physiologically, how to administer them. Hmm. Loading. Hmm. Okay, some of them even do weight training, which you should should not do at a very young age. Hmm. You can do from the age of 14, 15, and you know, and onwards, but not below that. Yep. But these coaches do not know because a lot of them train the players how they were trained when they were young. That's wrong. Yep. That's where the damage occurs. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is, allow if at all the players are with a elite team, yep. allow them. Yep. Don't don't disrupt. The schools should give support, not 
You know, there was one school in Penang which told me, if at all you take the boy, we are going to pull back his scholarship. I mean, <coughs> yeah, that's wrong. Mm, mm. That's very wrong. Yeah, you should say if you like in the US, if you play for the university, you are given scholarship. Yep. Here it's the other way around. So everybody wants a piece of the player. Yep. And we lose the player. Yeah. That's very interesting, doctor, because. You know, before coming in today, uh, I had to think back about you know my playing days and 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 what it was like back then. Um, of course, now with 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 technology, with social media, you know, you're you're exposed to so many things. You can see how other clubs are running it, how other countries are are running their development programs. But as far as I can remember, it's exactly what you just mentioned. You know, um, uh, I started playing in primary school. And in primary school, I still remember as a ten-year-old kid, I was already selected to play for the under twelve, and I didn't know anything back then. But it was through interclass. We had like an interclass tournament, nothing to do with the education ministry because you're just playing in school, right? You're just playing with your with, with different classes and all that. But the school coach, who was a teacher in the school, he saw me play, approached me when I was ten years old, and said, "Hey." Would you be interested, you know, uh, to come and join us for training? I was excited, you know. I mean, first time getting a call up, right? I went back home, super excited. Told my dad, and then my dad told me, "It's like, good, good, you know. I'm always going to encourage my kids to play sports. It's good, but let me tell you something. Don't get disheartened when you're dropped or anything like that, because you know, you must remember, you're 10 years old. You're going to be training with guys who are 11, 12, who are probably going to be given the chance to play because it's their Last year in the school and stuff like that, and true enough, uh, that first year I was not selected. Although I followed them throughout the training and all that, I, you know, I wasn't selected. But the coach always encouraged me. He came and told me, "It's like, don't worry, you know, you're very good. At ten years old, you're playing like this. You're very good, and all those kind of things." Um, and then I went on. I mean, we had a couple of school tournaments. I remember we played like you know, some schools would visit, and then we would play, and then we would also travel to play and all that. But it was just there. Primary school, there wasn't anything much, and then when I went into secondary school, I remember we had our under 15 side and our under 18 side, but our under 18 side, doctor, was um, was a state project, like what you said. You know, you guys had these different schools that were, you know. And although we train with our under 18 side, you can see the difference in gap because these under 18 players were not all from that school. They were selected from different schools in Penang, but they were housed in a bungalow quite close to my house. I still remember it was a big bungalow. All of them were housed there. They would travel to school together. You know, they did everything together. So they were our school's under 18 side, and we would train with them. But of course, they were good lah. You know, they were like the state, basically the state under 18 team. Um, but again, uh, it felt like you know the excitement or whatever was just there for a short period of time. We only played football, let's say, from January up to April, and they would cramp everything into that four months. You know, you would have your district uh, level championship, and then you would have your state, and then your MSSM. But after April, you don't hear about anything. You know. We don't train. We don't come back in the evening to train or whatever. I mean, of course, some of us are playing football in the evening. We go to the padang and play. But I'm thinking, how are we going to be professional players 
if you're not training or going through a proper regime or system all year round you know maybe a few would be selected lah you know you'll be selected into your bukit jalil sports school or or whatever sports school but i'm thinking how many are going to be selected you know and and you're losing out on a lot of other raw talent some of them may be late bloomers they may not peak at that time you know so the coaches might select the ones who are peaking but these guys may already peak at 15 16 and probably their their levels just going to be there this other guy may peak later and you don't know he might be a good player you see okay you made a good point there now one of the reasons why um the coach didn't allow you to play could be maybe you could be smaller in size like i said age, yeah. the age for the under 12 should be only 11 and 12 mm. the 10 year old player can be put in for 10 minutes for exposure and we should bring him back because we worry for injury mm. now one thing which i would like to share is the difference between us and the foreigners europeans australians japanese when a japanese uh, when a Aust- when an australian team came down mm-hmm. it was an under 13 team mm-hmm. 13 year old boys yeah. 12 13 they played against our boys mm-hmm. <clears throat> they at that time we had scholar sukan banda penawa mm-hmm. yeah in yeah. johor yeah so they lost terribly <clears throat> the i i was there the coach was talking the boys were so glum sad and things he said well done boys it's okay mm-hmm. we lost to a better team mm-hmm. we will play we'll go back and we will come back again stronger not to worry and if you look at another scenario There was another under 12 team which Malaysian team which lost to one another foreign team there the coach says awani bodo bangang biol said i chuck up i've told you many times you fellas can't follow you're blind you know that kind of abuses to the young child mm. now what do we want to achieve in grassroots number one, we should inculcate the interest to play football okay participation and fun and learning comes first then comes winning the sad part here is everybody wants to win at the under 9 and under 10 so what happens is a player like you will never get a chance because you are maybe small in size maybe you are Uh, 10 years old they want to win the championship and the headmaster will say cheguni bae oh pasal tu kita menang that defeats the purpose of the whole football or sports scenario we should allow the every kid i i made it a policy when i was running the fam first touch program okay everyone plays hmm. that means even in the academy which the boys are 15 16 17 years old yeah. we have a rule in in an, in a home game mm-hmm. all your players will play hmm. that means if you have they will have 20 players correct so they are they are uh, 25 players sorry so they will have 18 registered yeah but the home team is allowed to register all 25 okay and we tell them make sure second half of the game 45 minutes 
all your other players play the match hmm. because at that young age you will never ever be able to say who is the future maradona who is the uh, uh, neymar who is the messi you will never be able to say hmm. okay lot of players fall off along the line yeah, yeah? the football academies in uk the research i did the research for my masters okay the research shows that only 10% of the academy players become professionals hmm. so what happens to the rest of the 90% they should use football as a guide to become better individuals in life football teaches companionship football teaches you to obey the law because the referee is the law so when they grow up they obey the policeman on the road mm. you know you 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 learn to respect multicultural country like malaysia we learn to respect i if i have a roommate who is a muslim guy time to pray i lower the volume of the television and say okay he's praying i respect him we learn to coexist yeah that is what football should teach mm. if you have all these qualities put in together correctly winning will come automatically you need not you see i tell them scientifically when a, when when a mother becomes pregnant yeah there are millions and millions of sperm heads which race towards and only one egg sometimes yeah. to leave the abnormal ones yeah. but only the one egg becomes a baby yeah the race starts there mm. so we human beings not you and me alone all human beings we are winners there itself it is in our dna yep yeah so you need not teach us to win we will win at all costs but yep. give us the environment correctly yeah so that is not been given yeah yeah so that is that is what we should provide our youngsters now okay mm. so until 12 give them the basic yep. then start demanding yep. yeah that that only through uh, merit you go up yeah so yep. we should we should teach them yeah yeah so that that is the see it's just grassroots doesn't only mean on the pitch there's a lot of education that we got to impart off the pitch mm-hmm. and parents should know you mentioned earlier when we were talking yeah. about uk yeah yeah less ferdinand he says they have method they don't bother until they reach the professional era it is a culture hmm. the culture in italy is from the moment they start kicking the ball it is professionalism okay okay if you read the book uh, by um, uh, let me see, let me uh, the italian job okay there is a book called italian job football book you will read the comparison of two big cultures that is english culture and the italian culture totally different hmm. but the ball is round hmm. the culture in brazil is different hmm. football is a religion to them hmm. what is our culture hmm. we don't have a culture we don't have one yet we have been copying here copying there that has to stop we need to look at our people talk about they say our dna our dna i don't think we are in the right track by saying that mm. you know mm. so doctor yeah. uh, 
since you mentioned all this, like you know, it's so important to instill all this um, at a very young age. That's why we have grassroots, like you know, like you said, from the age of seven or maybe five, you know. But right now, we don't have those qualified individuals to to instill all this <laughs> with the. So so who who is responsible? How can we find a solution? Like what needs to be done? Like you know. Uh, we don't have a choice. We look at some of the sekolah kebangsaan, the football coaches are just your regular teachers. You know, sometimes they, they, they don't have any license or whatever. They just find some free time and say, okay, the school has asked me to coach the football team. I'll coach the football team. But is there a possibility or is it has it become too difficult for people to obtain, let's say, coaching licenses to go back and be qualified coaches? Good question. Now, to obtain a coaching license is not difficult. But we cannot have all school teachers uh, asking them to get qualified because I think they they make more money giving tuition outside school mm-hmm. than coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So that is one. Now, <clears throat> what I can see is being an ex-teacher, if you have the passion, you will coach your school team. Yeah. If you have a a headmaster who is prone to sports mm. he will encourage yep. uh, I I remember I had a headmaster who converted the school field into a science lab mm-hmm. you know so, yep. so there goes the football field football field <laughs> you know so uh, I if I was there if, if, if at all that area is not being used I will convert it into a football pitch yep. because I'm a football man yep. uh, likewise uh, we way back in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s we had one coaching course called uh, FAM Coca-Cola coaching course okay sponsored by Coca-Cola yeah. Coke FAM FNN Coca-Cola you know that kind yep. of thing so uh, Coca-Cola will produce will, will supply us Coke t-shirts and everything yep. FAM will will conduct the course this mm-hmm. is for teachers yeah uh-huh. Then we found out that these teachers are all very prim and proper and writing and everything is so perfect and nice, but on the pitch, it's very bad. Hmm. So what we did, we the follow follow up to that, we mixed ex-players yep. who want to be coaches. Mm-hmm. So we put them in the same coaching course so that both can f- learn from each other. Yep. Now, it's, it's sad to say that most of our players are not graduates. Yeah. Yeah, so they finish off from five. Correct. So the the skills, managing skills, organization skills are lacking. Mm-hmm. Whereas the playing skills are excellent. Yeah. Teachers never played high level football. Yeah. Their management levels is good, mm. but their playing skills sucks. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. So we wanted to merge so that each, both can learn yep. from each other. That were the times when I I joined. Um, I was there in the in the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I oh, I was a recipient at the same time. Then I became an instructor in the course yep. when I joined FAM and so on. So, if you see, we need to do that. Yeah. But we there are about ten thousand three hundred over schools in the country, mm-hmm. but we do not have that many coaches. Yeah. So what we are trying to do, we should do is, like Japan. Mm-hmm. And Singapore, yep. open it up. If you don't have any teachers who are coaches, 
get, let the PIBG pay these coaches to come and train your school team. Yes. Okay. So you will have experts coming in. Yeah. The excuse they give is, oh, we are we are, we are bringing in outsiders, and you know there are so many child molestation cases and so on. Do your due diligence. Check. Get a recommendation from the state FA or FAM and say that I need some coaches. Can you recommend? So they are, they also stand to be responsible. Yeah. Okay. So they will wet through and they'll tell you, oh, this is an ex-convict who has got a coaching license. I think they shouldn't go near kids. Hmm. You should do that. And then get them to come and coach. Hmm. And let football or any other sport for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is there is no specialization in grassroots. Hmm. That is a wrong thing, yeah? Some parents misquote him, I want my kid to play only football. But you see, the psychomotor movement and so on, you need to run in football. The athleticism yep. is needed. Yeah? The the the, the balance. Yep. So let them play all the sport they want. Mm-hmm. But when they come to the age of 13 and 14, let them start specializing. Yeah. Yeah? Not It is unlike uh, uh, what you call... The other sports, yeah, certain sports where you need to, from child, yes, you know, you got yes. to like um, gymnastics, gymnastics, and, yeah. and so on. You got to, go, but this no, because football is a multi, yes, multi-phased uh, game, you know. Correct. So um, that is something which we need to look at. Mm-hmm. We need to improve, and the body that has to start this move should be FA Malaysia. Mm. They are not doing anything. Then they say that the clubs must do hmm. but the clubs except for JDT which I can see yes because TMJ is there mm-hmm. he makes sure that it is run in a proper manner yep most of the other clubs they may do but I have not seen mm. I've seen some certain some clubs yep. which I have heard but yet to see mm. you see one of the main um, criterias in obtaining club license mm-hmm. is the club licensing rules states that you need to have grant development yeah <clears throat> a lot of them all the clubs that are playing in the Malaysian professional league have got club license yeah but where is the grassroots uh, grassroots and youth development yeah yeah so somewhere along the line something doesn't add up mm. which I feel is wrong the other thing is there are so many people calling themselves academies yes a terminology which is wrongly used an academy is a place where the players come they if they are staying in england in mm. england if you are staying within 3 hours or 300 uh, uh, 3 hours drive yep then you need not stay in the academy but if you are staying more than that you can stay in the academy yep you have teachers coming to help you with your school, school. subjects mm-hmm. then you train in the morning sometimes or if you go to school then you train in the afternoon you stay within everything is done within yes these guys here in malaysia do it over weekends saturdays and sundays correct. correct and then they call it academy yeah i always tell them that you got to call it centers of excellence yeah private centers of excellence private yeah. centers of excellence yeah so but they say academy okay a terminology wrongly used never mind but they want to win at all costs cost, yeah so 
parents have got an attitude towards these centres. Yeah. That centre has been winning all the while, so I must send my child there. There, yeah. But without uh, knowing, without understanding the nuances behind this grassroots and youth development, yeah, yeah. I always will say, football is a school of life. Mm. We also learn a lot in football. Yeah. Yeah. So let the coaches train these players. Mm -hmm. Let them give you honest uh, 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 feedback. Yep. If your if your kid doesn't doesn't play, ask the coach. Mm. Coach, kenapa anak saya tak main hari ini? Why yep. didn't he play? The coach should always give them a good feedback. Mm. Okay, your kid has got this problem yep. and he cannot fit into this uh, position. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to allow him to play here. Yep. But don't worry, we'll give everybody a chance to play. Yep. But that doesn't happen. Mm. It's not happening. Yep. Yep. So that is the sad part uh, in Malaysian football, yep. which is still has not been addressed. Yes. If the private, if FAM is not doing anything, which is main stakeholder, mm -hmm. the clubs are not doing anything, which is the second stakeholder. Yep. The Ministry of Sports, it's not their they are stakeholders in providing facilities and so on. Mm. They, in fact, when they had that earlier program, which was, which was going concurrently parallel to FAM, I, NFDP, I said it shouldn't be. Uh, that was my opinion because nowhere in the world that a ministry of sports runs its own football program parallel to the national association. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Only in Malaysia it happens. So I said, no, it shouldn't happen that way. Mm. So when I was in Germany in 2003, okay. this is a real life experience. Yeah. yeah. In 2002, Germany lost the in, in the World Cup. Yeah. Okay. They came back. I went there for the course somewhere in September, mm -hmm. just before winter. Yeah. And during that period when I was there, the German government decided that they wanted to pump in 10 million. US dollars a year for the next 10 years. 10 million US dollars for the next 10 years. Okay. For the next 10 years into DFB. Mm. Of course, it's monitored. Yeah. So, they took that decision to make sure that they will, it will change the scenario. Mm -hmm. And rightfully, in 2014, 10 years, yeah, 2003, yep. 10 years you yep. add up, 2014, Germany became the world champion. Yes. Okay. It paid off. Yeah. But we must understand that Germany had everything in place. They had the structure, they had the mentality, they had everything. What Malaysia did in 2018, we put a 12-year plan hmm. saying that 2030, we will qualify for the World Cup. Hmm. Oh, it's not going to happen. If you start in 2018 and in 2030, it is 12 years, if you're and then they say the players will come at from the age of 12. If you go backwards, the players peak at the age of 24 to 26. If you take 24, you minus 12, you are 12 years old. Yeah. That is why in the beginning I said, would you start your school at five, uh, six, uh, primary yeah. school or secondary school? Yeah. So that is a plan put wrongly. And if you look at the current situation, the current qualifications where we are losing everywhere, I doubt even by 2040 we will still we will qualify for the World Cup. Mm. So, but that falls back into grassroots and youth. Yeah. 
FAM only has a two-day coaching course. Grassroots and youth, it's a lifelong learning thing, you know. Uh, two days, you are not going to solve the problem. A hmm. uh, lot of coaches who do the A, B and C licenses, the grassroots and youth is not covered substantially. No, hmm. it doesn't. So that needs to be changed. If you do not have good teachers, you wouldn't have good students. Yeah. We need good coaches. Yeah. Not all coaches who have A license can coach the youth. Yeah. Because youth is a specialty. Yes. Addressing them, you it's not like the adult, you know, where you 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 hack them, you scold them, you do, you know, the young boys and girls, you got to make sure that you talk to them in a very proper manner. Yeah. The other thing that we got to do also is, and we got to promote women's football. Hmm. Why? I I was in Japan on attachment. Yep. I said, uh, one day we were playing uh, on top of JFA. There is a field on. Uh, there is a small field which is netted. Okay. So we played. Uh, I I was playing for the men's team. We played against a women's f- uh, female team. Yeah. The ladies' team. Yeah. We played a seven v seven. Yeah. We lost terribly. Huh. Yeah. The girls were fantastic. Yeah. But then I asked them. Why are you all putting in so much money and interest into women's football? Mm. The answer was, one fine day, this girl is going to become a mom. Mm. Normally, the men are at work. Yep. If the mom is not supportive for football, that kid will not come to the pitch. But here, when the game is going on, I, I saw this in Saitama, when the game was going on, Mothers are there with sandwiches, baskets and everything by the side, you know, and screaming and so on. And after that, they take them back and then they bring them back the following day for another game and so on. We do not see that. Yeah. My mother told me, you're not, my, my wife mm-hmm. told me that my daughters are not going to the pitch because <laughs> she's not a football player. Yeah. yeah. She said, strictly, both my daughters are not going to the football pitch, yeah. period. So... This has to change in Malaysia. We have to encourage. But that is a totally another issue. Correct. We've got bigger problems there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, Doctor, I think, um, you know, like we spoke about earlier, before we even started this, we said, you know, when we are going to be talking about grassroots development, it can go on and on and on. And I think we've only scratched the surface. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I'm excited to see how much more we can talk. I think it's very important for us to continue this conversation because we need more people to understand what grassroots development is all about. It's not just about winning. Like you said, winning will come automatically when you have everything in place. Um, and I think this is a nice place for us to, you know, Uh, wrap things up for this episode of this podcast um, and for the following podcast we're going to get um, another sports writer my colleague K Rajan to come in as well um, to 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 let's let's dive a little bit more deeper um, I remember like you saying there's many stakeholders so we have FAM you know we've got the education ministry Um, and then we also parents. have the sports ministry. Parents, yeah, that's that's one thing that I think we should talk about because uh, the narrative today in Malaysia 
when you when you talk to any parent is don't pick up sports there's no future for you in this country study hard move abroad you know that's the kind of narrative we we are used to in, that, in, that, that's know? the one that that's the one that i teach in university of malaya now call a professional certificate in football business management mm. we go into really deep 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 we dive in to see football has all the while been mistreated yeah. as 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 an entertainment yeah it is an entertainment yes. but it is also a business correct which brings in about 70 billion over ringgit dollars in 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 north america and america yeah. but we are still not tapping not tapping into yeah. that that gold mine yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know so that's something that we can actually talk about more sure. Uh, sure. in the uh, next episode so thank you very much dr subra for being on the show i hope you are having yep, a good yep. time also talking about yeah, this you know definitely yeah and, uh, um, and thank you for having me yes. i look forward to another grueling good session <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah all right everybody that was dr subra and uh, we will be back with the next episode on time spot on the beat stay tuned